Welcome to Manna for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. Good morning, everyone. Welcome. It is April 11th, and I'm coming to you very early this morning because I'm getting ready to uh, help all the ladies and and guys and youth go out and do vacation Bible school. So we are up early getting things ready, going to be heading out, so I will probably be coming to you um, earlier than normal, or I will record them and program them to go on at the right time. If I get organized, I will definitely do that. <laughs> Got a bunch of weird noises happening this morning and haven't had the, the time I'd like to set things up. And the, the lighting's very strange because uh, the sun's not even up yet. Won't matter if you're on the radio or listening to the podcast, but um, for those watching the live Manna for Breakfast, it can be a little odd. But anyway, let's go ahead and look at a couple of uh, interesting things. This day in history trivia. One quote from George Orwell, men can only be highly civilized while other men, inevitably less civilized, are there to guard and feed them. (laughs) Isn't that true? Um, Apollo 13 launched today, April 11th, 1970. Two days later, the oxygen tank exploded, leading to the famous expression, Houston, we've had a problem here. The mission land on the moon was aborted. The crew was able to overcome the power loss of cabin heat shortage of potable water and the need to makeshift repairs for carbon dioxide removal and return safely to the Earth six days later. And let's see, Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson on Jesus followers. He was an interesting guy. April 11th, 1823, former U.S. President Thomas Jefferson writes a letter to former U.S. President John Adams, quote, The truth is that the greatest enemies of the doctrines of Jesus are those calling themselves expositors of them, who have perverted them from the structure of the system of fancy, absolutely incomprehensible, and without any foundation of his genuine words. And the day will come when the mystical generation of Jesus by the supreme being as his father in the womb of the virgin will be classed with the fable of the generation of Minerva and the brain of Jupiter. Note, Minerva was a Roman goddess of wisdom who was born inside Jupiter after he swallowed her mother, having tricked her into turning herself into a fly. Uh, Okay. Thomas Jefferson was a, a theist, but I don't think he was a... Christian, from my memory anyway. Let's look at a dad joke. I'm finally upgrading from 1080p to 4K in January. This is my New Year's resolution. Hmm. You've got to be in the computers to get that one. I just paid $200 for a belt that doesn't fit. What a huge waste. Okay, we are ready to look over today's reading. 
We are in Deuteronomy 28 today and Luke 17. Deuteronomy chapter 28. Blessings at Gezerim. Now it shall be, if you diligently obey the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments, which I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. All these blessings will come upon you and overtake you if you obey the Lord your God. Blessed you shall be in the city. Blessed you shall be in the country. Blessed shall be the offspring of your body and the produce of your ground and the offspring of your beasts and the increase of your herd and the young of your flock. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before you. They will come out against you one way and will flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessings upon you in your barns and in all that you put your hand to, and he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God gives you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself, as he swore to you, if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. So all the people of the earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they will be afraid of you. The Lord will make you abound in prosperity in the offspring of your body, and in the offspring of your beast, and in the produce of your ground, in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give to you. The Lord will open for you his good storehouse, the heavens, to give rain to your land at its seasons, and to bless all the work of your hand. And you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail, and you only will be above, and you will not be underneath. If you listen to the commandments of the Lord your God, which I charge you today to observe them carefully, and do not turn aside from any of the words which I command you today, to the right or to the left, to go after other gods and serve them. Verse 15. But it shall come about, if you do not obey the Lord your God, to observe, to do all his commands and his statutes, with which I charge you today, that all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. Cursed shall you be in the city, and cursed shall you be in the country. Cursed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Cursed shall be the offspring of your body and the produce of your ground, the increase of your herd and the young of your flock. Cursed shall be you when you come in, and cursed shall be you when you go out. The Lord will send upon you curses, confusion, and rebuke in all you undertake to do until you are destroyed and until you perish quickly on account of the evil of your deeds because you have forsaken me. The Lord will make the pestilence cling to you until he has consumed you from the land where you are entering to possess it. The Lord will smite you with consumption and with fever and with inflammation and with fiery heat and with the sword and with blight and with mildew and they will pursue you until you perish. The heaven which is over your head shall be bronze and the earth which is under you shall be iron. The Lord will make the rain of your land powder and dust. 
from heaven it shall come down on you until you are destroyed. The Lord shall cause you to be defeated before your enemies. You will not go out one way against them, but you will flee seven ways before them, and you will be an example of terror to all the kingdoms of the earth. Your carcasses will be food for the birds of the sky and to the beasts of the earth, and there will be no one to frighten them away. The Lord will smite you with the boils of Egypt and with the tumors and with the scab and the itch from which you cannot be healed. The Lord will smite you with madness and with blindness and with bewilderment of heart. And you will grope at noon as a blind man gropes in the darkness and you will not prosper in your ways, but you shall only be oppressed and robbed continually with none to save you. You shall betroth the wife, but another man will violate her. You shall build a house, but you will not live in it. You shall plant a vineyard, but you will not use its fruit. Your ox shall be slaughtered before your eyes, but you will not eat of it. Your donkey shall be torn away from you and will not be restored to you. Your sheep shall be given to your enemies, and you will have none to save you. Your sons and your daughters shall be given to another person while your eyes look on and yearn for them continually. But there will be nothing you can do. A people from whom you do not know shall eat up the produce of your ground and all your labors, and you will never be anything but oppressed and crushed continually. You should be driven mad by the sight of what you see. The Lord will strike you on the knees and the legs with sore boils from which you cannot be healed from the sole of your foot to the crown of your head. The Lord will bring you and your king whom you set over you to a nation which neither you nor your fathers have known and there you shall serve other gods, wood and stone. You shall become a horror, a proverb, a taunt among all the peoples where the Lord drives you. You shall bring out much seed to the field but you will gather in little, for the locusts will consume it. You shall plant and cultivate vineyards, but you will neither drink of the wine nor gather the grapes, for the worm will devour them. You shall have olive trees throughout your territory, but you will not anoint yourself with the oil, for your olives will drop off. You shall have sons and daughters, but they will not be yours, for they will go into captivity. 42. The cricket shall possess all your trees and the produce of your ground. The alien who is among you shall rise above you higher and higher, but you will go down lower and lower. He shall lend to you, but you will not lend to him. He shall be your head, and you will be the tail. So all the curses shall come upon you and pursue you, and overtake you until you are destroyed because you would not obey the Lord your God by keeping his commandments and his statutes which he commanded you. They shall become a sign and wonder on you and on your descendants forever because you did not serve the Lord your God with joy and a glad heart for the abundance of all things. Therefore you shall serve your enemies whom the Lord will send against you in hunger and thirst and nakedness and the lack of all things, and he will put an iron yoke on your neck until he has destroyed you. The Lord will bring a nation against you from afar, from the end of the earth as the eagle swoops down, a nation whose language you shall not understand, 
a nation of fierce countenance who will have no respect for the old nor show favor to the young. Moreover, it shall eat the offspring of your herd and the produce of your ground until you are destroyed. Who also leaves you no grain, new wine, nor oil, nor the increase of your herd or the young of your flock until they have caused you to perish. It shall besiege you in all your towns until your high and fortified walls in which you trusted come down throughout your land. And it shall besiege you in all your towns throughout the land which the Lord your God has given you. Then you shall eat the offspring of your own body, the flesh of your sons and of your daughters, whom the Lord your God has given you during the siege and the distress by which your enemies will oppress you. The man who is refined and very delicate among you shall be hostile towards his brother and towards the wife he cherishes and towards the rest of the children who remain, so that he will not give even one of them any of the flesh of his children which he will eat since he has nothing else left. During the siege and the distress by which your enemy will oppress you in all your towns, the refined and the delicate woman among you, who would not venture to set the sole of her foot on the ground for delicateness and refinement, shall be hostile towards the husband who cherishes it, and towards her son and daughter, and towards her afterbirth, which issues from between her legs, and towards her children whom she bears, for she will... Eat them secretly for lack of anything else during the siege and at the distress by which your enemy will oppress you in your own towns. If you are not careful to observe all the words of this law which are written in this book to fear this honored and awesome name, the Lord your God, then the Lord will bring extraordinary plagues on you and your descendants, even severe and lasting plagues and miserable and chronic sickness. He will bring back on you all the distress of Egypt for which you were afraid and they will cling to you. Also, every sickness and every plague which not written in the book of the law the Lord will bring upon you until you are destroyed. Then you shall be left few in number whereas you were numerous as the stars of heaven because you did not obey the Lord your God. It shall come about that as the Lord delighted over you to prosper you and multiply you so that the Lord will delight over you to make you perish and destroy you. And you will be torn from the land where you are entering in to possess it. Moreover, the Lord will scatter you among all the peoples from one end of the earth to the other end of the earth. And there you shall serve other gods, wood and stone, which you or your fathers have not known. Among those nations, you shall find no rest and there will be no resting place for the sole of your foot. But there the Lord your God will give you a trembling heart failing of eyes, and despair of soul. So your life shall hang in doubt before you, and you will be in dread night and day, and shall have no assurance of your life. In the morning you shall say, Would that it were evening. And at evening you would say, Would that it were morning. Because of the dread of your heart, which you dread, and for the sight of your eyes, which you will see, the Lord will bring you back to Egypt in ships, by the way, which I spoke to you, you will never see it again. And there you will offer yourselves for sale to your enemies as male and female slaves, but there will be no buyer. Could you get any sadder, any more severe consequences for rebellion against God? I think not. You have these 20, 30 some verses of the beauty of, of blessings 
of following the Lord. I mean, incredible. Again, the more I read this, this is why I, mean, I love reading every day because you you pick up all the details that you miss when you don't when you only read occasionally. He was constantly, constantly through the Old Testament telling them that if they would love him and obey him, they would lack absolutely nothing. In fact, contrary, not only lack, he would bless them above and beyond all they could ever ask or think. New Testament, right? Concept there. That they would have food, clothing, shelter in abundance and never, never lose a war. In fact, it would seem that God would, if not prevent the wars, God himself would just go out and fight for them. They would not lose soldiers. So here we have this. Uh, this is with these the blessings and the curses they were to read between uh, Mount Gerizim and Mount Ebal. They were to stand there. Moses told them, when you go into the land, this is what you're to do. You divide up the people and the tribes. And these tribes over here are going to read all the blessings. These tribes are here will read back. And then the people would stand in the middle and say, Amen, you know, to all of these blessings and curses. Um, the the whole concept of of what God is doing here is saying, I'm putting before you here a choice. You are going to go in to the promised land Again, we have to be very sensitive to this in the Old Testament, by faith. You are going to go in by faith and follow me. You, you've seen me, you know, demonstrate himself on the mountain, the fire. They saw him in the fire and the pillar um, there that guided them in the camp. He was constantly showing them miracles and winning battles for them. He says, but... He knew they were going to divide. They knew where they were going to spread out one from another. They were going to get farther and farther away from the tabernacle and the sacrificial system. And it was going to be important to them because now they're not going to be able to see the tabernacle. They weren't going to camp around it like they did all through the desert. Once they got into the promised land, they were all going to get their inheritance and go farther and farther away. They were going to need to walk by faith. And he says, this is the choice you have. And we think, gosh, duh, it's pretty easy. Make the choice to love and honor God. Why not? You get all the blessings. <laughs> but the flesh is so weak and the enemy is so good at, at tempting and at tricking. People have been duped into believing that somehow they can get just as blessed gratifying the flesh. And as we find out with Israel, that's what they did. And it was a disaster. Now, those same curses we see there probably have a direct connection to what is going to happen in the tribulation. Many of those things, it seems, because we see them in the book of Revelation, are yet future. And God is still waiting for Israel to trust him and fully yield over to him. But now, the way to follow the law is to follow the lawgiver. For Jews today in Israel the Hasidic Jews, the strict ones. God has now said, Jesus said, right, that he came to fulfill the law, not to get rid of it, but to fulfill it. So he is the completion of the law. So to follow God and obey his commands is to obey his son, right? Jesus mentioned that. So this is where they are at today. Let's move on to Luke 17. 
He said to his disciples, it is inevitable that stumbling blocks come, but woe to him through whom they come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea than that he would cause one of these little ones to stumble. Be on your guard. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times a day and returns to you seven times saying, I repent, forgive him. The apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. The Lord said, if you had faith like a mustard seed, you would say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Which of you, having a slave plowing or tending sheep, will say to him when he comes in from the field, come immediately sit down to eat? But will he not say to him, prepare something for me to eat, and probably clothe yourself to serve me while I eat and drink, and afterward you may eat and drink? He does not thank the slave, because he did the things which he commanded. Does he? So you too, when you do all the things which are commanded of you, say, we are unworthy slaves. We have done only that which we ought to have done. Verse 11, while he was on the way to Jerusalem, he was passing between Samaria and Galilee. He entered a village. Ten leprous men who stood at the distance met him. And they raised their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and you show yourselves to the priests. And as they were going, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw that he had been healed, turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at his feet, giving thanks to him. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But the nine, where are they? Was no one found? who returned to give glory to God, except this foreigner? And he said to him, Stand up and go, your faith has made you well. Now having been questioned by the Pharisees as to when the kingdom of God was coming, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God is not coming with signs to be observed. Nor will they say, Look, here it is, or there it is, for behold, the kingdom of God is in your midst. And he said to the disciples, The days will come when you will long to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you will not see it. They will say to you, Look there, go here. Do not go away and do not return after them. For just like the lightning, when it flashes out of one part of the sky and shines to the other part of the sky, so will the Son of Man be on his day. But first he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. And just as it happened in the days of Noah, so it shall be also in the days of the Son of Man. They were eating, and they were drinking, and they were marrying, and they were being given in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. It was the same as happened in the days of Lot. They were eating, and they were drinking, and they were buying, and they were selling, and they were planting, and were building, but on the day that Lot went out from Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. It will be just the same on the day that the Son of Man is revealed. On that day, the one who is on the housetop and whose goods are in the house must not go down and take them out. And likewise, the one 
who is in the field must not turn back. Remember Lot's wife. Whoever seeks to keep his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life will preserve it. I tell you, on the night there will be two in one bed. One will be taken, and the other will be left. There will be two women grinding at the same place. One will be taken, and the other will be left. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken, and the other will be left. And answering they said to him, Where, Lord? And he said to them, Where the body is, there also the vultures will be gathered. Controversial, the last one is, is he talking about the rapture? Is he talking about the judgment? Then there's actually different views on that. I was just discussing that, I think, yesterday um, with a couple of people. Um, It doesn't matter that much. What matters is to realize that when he comes, we better be ready. That we, when he comes, we specifically the rapture. We know that if we're in Christ, we don't have to worry about the judgment. If he's coming, if at the end of, some people believe that it's actually at the end of the millennial reign, uh, when when he comes back, I don't see that. But um, I think predominantly he's telling the people, be ready for my coming back for you. Um, I can come at any time. The imminent return of Jesus Christ, which um, the church has kind of forgotten. Much of the established denominational church has become asleep. And they're like, eh, I don't need to worry. My master's not coming back for a long time. (laughs) I'll just take my ease. And we don't want to be foolish servants. And by the way, that's kind of connected there, you know, we are his servants. We are not to, um, we're not to think ourselves higher than we are. We are just to be grateful that we have the opportunity to serve him and not try and get him to bend to our own selfish desires and um, get him to pat us on the back for something that we should just do naturally, serve get a chance to serve in your church do it and it's a it's a phenomenal blessing for me to see people mature believers wanting to serve and not wanting any pat on the back or recognition of course i i I appreciate them and i'd love to tell them thank you and i'd love to uh take them out for a taco i mean it's great but the ones that have this this um Mindset, You know what? I'm not serving Calvary Chapel, and I'm not here to help you. I'm just serving the Lord. I mean, yes, they're helping me, but their, their, their mindset is, I'm just serving my king. That's all I'm doing. And there's this joy about it. There's this understanding that they get to do it. And uh, this, you know, in churches, when you go there, and so many times in visiting churches, you hear people up there and, they're asking for people to come and serve and help in certain areas. And it's almost as if people are kind of looking away going, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm not going to get involved in that. People don't want to step up because they see it as um, a chore and uh, trying to, the church is trying to get them to, I don't know, uh, 
use up their free time or something. <laughs> you normally tell a good, healthy church by how many, how many people are um, serving joyfully and saying, hey, this is, this is what I like to do. This is what I'm doing. And, and those that are just kind of there, or actually, interestingly enough, those that are being paid to do it. There's a big difference between a church that has people serving um, because they want to and a church that has all hired staff doing everything. And we're blessed uh, because we're a very small church and don't really have a budget for, for uh, employees, but we got people who serve and love serving. And we have youth that love serving, and they're uh, a phenomenal blessing to us, but they're also doing exactly what the Lord wants them to do and look at the blessings that we get. It's, there's, we have blessings like Israel, in a sense, that we, if we obey and follow him, that he can do things in our lives that we could never imagine apart from him. So we thank him for that. We're not going to uh, jump into Charles Spurgeon this morning. Um, we have, I have limited time. Maybe I might squeeze it in tomorrow. But uh, So we will just spend uh, a moment in prayer, and we need to be praying for what's, what we'll be doing today with the kids. Having a, Renee has prepared a phenomenal vacation Bible school. It's going to be great. And boy, they've been working super hard. So we'll be praying for energy and for their creativity to continue and new kids to come, new hearts, great harvest for the kingdom of God. So let's pray for that. Father God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for bringing us before your throne, allowing us to come into your throne room. Thank you for this time that we have together every single day. And God, I first and foremost want to lift up this morning as we start into the Vacation Bible School, that it would be of you and not of us, that we would be specifically, Renee, listening to your Holy Spirit, being guided by your Holy Spirit, and being using her creativity for your glory and your kingdom, that we see new kids coming, we see the, our old our, our established kids being used as leaders and being used as t um, solid testimonies, being able to share their faith on the same level of kids their age, and that we could see that, that joy and that excitement that you see in kids would just be contagious to all the parents and the new kids coming, that the songs and the, all of the different projects uh, and uh, different things they'll be doing that will be make following you joyful and fun, but also meaningful, and that people would see it and be astounded by your grace and your mercy. So we pray for that it's a, just a dynamic outreach. Pray that you are going to use it, God, for, for your glory in all that we uh, do today and this whole week. So God, we do pray that you be blessing it. And uh, Father, we want to continue to lift up Francisco, and we thank you, God, that he is, he's been able to sit up in bed, and he's, be, he's eating, and he's continuing, God, to gain strength. And it's a slow process, but we thank you that he is, he is, seems to be committed to it, and he's able to spend time with his family, and that's the most important thing. We thank you for Juan Carlos in Mexico City, and ask you to continue 
to get that whole uh, tumor thing in his sinuses sorted out with the doctors. And she has to wait and wait and wait because of the medical system here to know and how the treatment's going to progress. In the meantime, God, we just ask that you diminish that thing and take it out. And we want to lift up Pastor Joan Bucidius, that he is maybe getting back here in Mexico ready to start again. Don't know his, his, where he's at on his healing, but we want to continue to lift him up, as well as Karen Skoog. And we want to lift up Hank. We want to lift up Celeste, who's really just been hit broadside again with the cancer once again. And we really would ask God that you would use the treatment she's doing now to kill it off extra quick. And we want to lift up both she and her husband for strength spiritually as this requires this long siege mentality as this cancer is upon them. They need to keep this siege mentality of the defenders of the faith that they're going to stand there and be valiant warriors. God, all I can do is pray that you would strengthen them spiritually because it takes a true warrior to go through something that like that long term. I think of Nabila Susie. And now Susie's been battling her cancer for nearly 40 years, it seems, or at least 30. And I thank you for her gentle spirit, her joyful spirit. And even when she's in pain, she wants to serve and be used. So we thank you for her. And I pray, God, that she is having wonderful days, pain-free days. And God, just thank you. You've, you've kept her around for Nabil, you've kept her around for us, for fellowship, and that she seems to be winning over this cancer that's trying to destroy her body. So thank you for the preservation there. And thank you for Pam and John and Kazumi that are down here serving with us, doing the Bible study, uh, Bible study well, Bible study with the kids, but I mean doing the VBS, who are uh, helping us in our long days, working hard. And we thank you that they came to give us and support and help. We are very blessed, God. Thank you. And ultimately, Father, we want to see this war in Ukraine defeated or stopped. We don't know how to pray. We don't know. God, all we can do is cry out that you would spare the innocent, that you would stop the madness of this man who seeks to control much of Europe, if not the world. Pray that you bring sanity to his mind. And that uh, he would not deceive his own troops and his own people so that you have young Russians going in and killing people for no reason and they, they think they're fighting a just cause when they're, they don't know the truth of what's really happening. So we want to pray for the, spare the lives of the Russian soldiers, of the Russian families, as well as the Ukrainian families, and that you just bring it into this war. And in the meantime, God, we lift up the Calvary chapels and the ministries that are working to help facilitate all of the refugees and get them out. So thank you, God. We put that in your hands and ask you, God, to continue doing what you're doing as you prepared to come back and get the, get the body of Christ ready, bring in the harvest, and we just pray, God, come, Lord Jesus, quickly. In Jesus' name. Okay, we will see you tomorrow again. Don't know if it will be early live or if it will be something I recorded and post to go live at the right time. It all depends on what time I get back tonight and, and how I get things organized. So God bless you, and we will see you again tomorrow for Manna for Breakfast. <laughs>